fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It's the middle of the week. Holy cow, man, this week's flowing right on by. We have a lot to get to today. It's going to be a big show as usual. Before we go anywhere, though, I have to admit, I am so glad that I've cut back on my adult beverage consumptions. Because, man, telling you what, the way that some companies are going, I'm glad I just don't drink them anymore. Now, I will say, for those that don't know what we're talking about, there's been a very woke campaign ad that's been pushed by Anheuser-Busch, a.k.a. Bud Light, with the changing of some of their ads. And if you go to the liquor store, your adult beverage store, and try and buy some of the new cans, you'll see it in a little bit different flavor, so to speak. And I used to drink Bud Light. Man, I used to drink a little bit of that in college. That was my college drink there, but I just can't do it anymore. I'm loving, though, the social media posts regarding Bush as they are supporting and doing a big push for the LGBTQ and putting rainbows on their cans. And look, if you want to support it, cool. All the power to you. I don't really care. Got nothing against it, whatever. But um, usually you don't want to marginalize yourself especially that like a whole bunch of rednecks usually are the ones drinking bud light just be honest it's the rule college kids are backwoods hillbillies that just want some awesome cheap beer just to drink and have a good time and it's not faring well for them there was a post i saw on line today that said in just two days by itself anheuser-busch has done better job of getting people to quit drinking than aa has done in 88 years well done well done power up my friends And with that, we have to give our official tribute to Anheuser-Busch and the decisions they've made as well. Real American heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Budweiser Head of Marketing Guy. Only you could take a beer and make it queer. Oh, no. 20 years of amazing ad campaigns, and this is where we end up. Not gonna buy it. What the f*** were you thinking? <laughs> there you go. Well done. Well done, Anheuser-Busch. If you go woke, you're going to go broke. That's all we have to say. Welcome into the program, man. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, bottom of the hour, we have, and I'm going to, this is a, mouth to, a mouthful to say here, retired Commander Sergeant Major Bart Womack. He'll be joining us on the program. He's got his latest book right now, Embedded Enemy, The Inside Threat. We'll talk about domestic terror threats here within the United States. Is it the crazy, wild, radical MAGA community? Is it? Is that it? Is that who we are? Are we just the crazy domestic terror threats? And what are the threats going on in the United States? We'll get to all that and more coming up on the program. So welcome in for the middle of the week. That's the way we start off a program, my friends, especially after a day we had yesterday. As you know, the big news story as we get into our What's Trending. What's Trending Today. What's Trending Today. Yesterday, after the indictment of former President Donald Trump and the stance he has taken of the not guilty pleas in any way, shape, or form, saying that there is no case whatsoever, his attorneys having a... Uh, kind of a semi-press conference outside of the courtroom yesterday as well, saying that there was a nothing burger there with the 34 charges of bank fraud, all of them being relatively the same, none of them being worth a federal charge or a felony charge in any way, shape, or form. Donald Trump made his voice clear, very clear, at the end of last night when he got back into Florida. And again, listen up, Republicans. Perk up your ears, elected officials. This is how you get the media to pay attention to you. This is how you get your messaging out there, not by shying away from them, but by putting it in their face so drastically they have nothing 
else to do but cover it. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Remember that? They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, Russia, Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two. The illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago, right here. They're lying to the FISA courts, the FBI and DOJ, relentlessly pursuing Republicans. The unconstitutional changes to election laws by not getting approvals from state legislators. The millions of votes illegally stuffed into ballot boxes and all caught on government cameras. And just recently, the FBI and DOJ in collusion with Twitter and Facebook in order not to say anything bad about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, which exposes the Biden family as criminals and which, according to the pollsters, would have made a 17-point difference in the election result. And we needed a lot less than that, like about 16.9. <laughs> has anybody else, show of hands, has anybody else missed the speeches from Donald Trump? Sometimes you're just like, I don't know what quite he's trying to say, but it's kind of nice to just listen to him talk. And it's kind of funny at the same time. So well done, Donald Trump. Winning. Here's again the message that we get from this. That was at the very beginning of the speech. So if anybody half paid attention to the speech last night, you saw that right out of the get-go when Donald Trump stepped up on that stage at his insanely, really expensive-looking house in Mar-a-Lago. This is how you control the media. All of the mainstream media went to Donald Trump live last night thinking he was going to respond, whine about the indictment, whine about the charges, try and make his case for it. Uh, Every media outlet went to Donald Trump last night. What did he do? That. I did nothing wrong. Look at all the charges the Democrats have tried to accuse me of. Look at all the felony and criminal acts that the Democrats have done uh, for years. And look at what the mainstream media is not paying attention to. I think I was watching, was it CNN, CNBC, I believe it was CNBC I was watching last night when I saw that he was going to be speaking. We got on YouTube and we saw a live stream of whatever channel it was that they were feeding it. And they played about three to five minutes of that speech. And then they cut out and said, nope, (laughs) we're done. And the hosts at the time, whoever it was, have no clue who it was, made the comment of, well, we thought he was going to be responding to the indictment charges, but obviously he's not. And they completely dropped it and moved on. They did not want him making a political campaign speech on their airwaves. They did not want him exposing all of the corruption from the Democrat side and all of the Uh, wild goose chases and rabbit holes they've gone down going after Donald Trump for all of these years that came out with a whole bunch of nothing burgers as they thought this was finally the one. This was the one that was going to get them. This was the one that was going to put them behind the bars. This was the one that was going to finally show that Donald Trump was a crazy crook and a crazy criminal and we could expose it and just run it 24 hours on the news outlets, and it didn't work. And when he came out smiling and he had a massive crowd and he started talking about the corruption from the other side and started talking about the nothing burger from uh, from this case, they cut out, nope, done, all right, well, we didn't, it's not what we thought it was going to be. Sorry, guys, let's go back to regular programming as normal. That's how you win. That's how you win. I just got off the air a little bit ago with uh, 
uh, Mark Walters with Armed American Radio talking about uh, this particular issue. And he had made the comment how he's anxious. He's ready. He wants to see Mark meaning. He wants to see the court cases being flown at Hunter Biden. He wants to see the smackdown from the other side. They're weak. They're scrambling. This is the time that we attack and we file charges on them left and right for everything that they've done. And I completely agree. However, as I mentioned on his program as well, I also believe that we're going to do this tactfully because we need to make sure that it hurts them, not just to file charges to make sure that we just file charges like the Democrats have done with Donald Trump when they don't have anything but they just do it for the sake of doing it so they can run with it. When we do it, we're going to make sure it hurts. We're going to make sure that it's going to count. And when we file these charges, it is going to be the backlash to where they can ignore all they want to. But when their individuals are behind bars, that's when they cannot ignore the situation any longer. Donald Trump is seeing the opposite effect. He's seen a massive bump in fundraising. He's seen a massive bump in the polls. In fact, Yahoo News is even reporting today that the indictment polls show that Trump has surged to the largest lead he's had on Ron DeSantis since Ron DeSantis has been a potential uh, candidate for the presidential race of 2024, where in previous Yahoo polls, Trump was at 47%. Ron DeSantis was at 39%, according to the latest from Yahoo News. However, the latest shows one of the first conducted after former President Donald Trump was indicted on Thursday. Shows Trump surging to his largest ever lead over them with the primary challenger. As now, the post-indictment poll shows that Trump was leading by a 26% margin, 57-31, to 31 in a one-on-one contest. The former president even attracts majority of supporters, 52%, when pitted against the wider 10-candidate field of declared potential GOP challengers, along with Ron DeSantis, that went from 28% support down to 21% support. Out of all the Republican candidates out there in the 10-potential-person field, he gets 52%. That's up from the 44 that he had prior. His poll numbers have jumped. He's gotten well over $10 million in presidential campaigns, and you're telling me that continuously running this story is going to be harming Donald Trump. The Democrats have no clue what they're doing. The, the media is well over their heads. And like usual, they have no clue how to anticipate the response of the American voter because all you're doing is angering them, meaning us, meaning the American people. And all you're doing is making yourself look foolish because after you sink all this time and attention into it and it comes back as, again, another nothing burger like it has so many times before, then you're going to look really, really dumb and really foolish at the end of the day. Uh, it, it, I, you're not going to admit it. You're not going to acknowledge it, but you do. It's kind of like the kid at the high school party that's the really nerdy kid that like shouldn't be at the party because they weren't invited, but they showed up and they're standing in the corner and they look really awkward, but you don't want to tell them that they look awkward because they don't think that they look awkward. And that's where we're at with the mainstream media right now. That's why last week he delayed for a month and then immediately took that back and threw this ridiculous indictment together. Came out today, everybody said, this is not really an indictment. There's nothing here. My lawyers came to me and they said, there's nothing here. They're not even saying what you did. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury. And Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. Funny how that works. Funny how that works. Donald Trump 
whether you like him or not, there's a lot of people within the Republican Party that don't like him, and that's completely fine. We're not trying to pick sides one way or the other. What we are just doing is the objective observer, however, is that Donald Trump is probably, being the business guy that he is, is one of the smartest guys on the campaign trail. You know what he just did last night? When all the media, all the mainstream national media tuned into him to see what he had to say on the issue after the indictment that they were giddy about when they're like, well, there's actually not a whole lot here and it didn't turn out the way we wanted to and there was no violent outbreaks from the Republican Party and from the protesters. Nothing really happened here. Let's go to Donald Trump and see what he has to say because we know he's going to be whining about it. You know what he just did? Like he did throughout the entire campaign in 2016? He got the media to focus attention on him and use the opportunity as a campaign ad. (laughs) He used the opportunity to talk about what he's going through what he's done, and what Joe Biden and the Democrats have been doing in a corrupt way. He was able to get the media to broadcast that before they finally started catching out. Uh, that point, that the last clip that we played was about the last time where they started to fade out. Like, all right, I think that was the last part I heard before CNBC or whatever I was watching. It was like, all right, we're out. We can't do this anymore. This is not what we thought it was going to be. We're going to go ahead and cut out and move on. We're going to get our analysts to talk about how bad Donald Trump really is. Let's just move along, sir. These aren't the droids you're looking for. He nailed it. Well done. And it's going to be fun to watch moving forward. I guess he shows back up in court in December. Cool. And we'll see what happens then. But until then, it's I'll be curious to see how much the media continues to focus on this issue. Is now it's not as sexy as what they thought it was going to be. Just like Rachel Maddow holding Trump's tax documents in her hand that was like a page and a half. And she'll kind of foolish there, too. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, it is 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, what's up? Love you, have love you on the show. Appreciate you to death. If I can get those two words out, I want to say so much about how much I gush over you. I just don't know how to put it out. <laughs> just put it that way. So we have Donald Trump taking a massive leave in the polls after the whole indictment. Donald Trump using the mainstream media for his own personal play toys which the media cringes about but yet they allow it to happen because they hate him so much so they give him the attention and then he gets more popularity it's like the opposite effect it's the yin and the yang it's the opposite energies in the universe between donald trump when he speaks he gets more popular when hillary clinton speaks her popularity goes down when donald trump goes away for a while people kind of forget about him and if you've noticed when he announced it's been kind of a weird campaign for him so far he hasn't really wowed anybody he hasn't been in the media and that's why he's been pretty stagnant in the polls people still remember him and hold on to him from when he was president whether you loved him or hate him at that time but he's been pretty stagnant in the polls ron DeSantis comes up he's kind of the new sexy thing he jumps into the polls again slightly and starts beating trump in some polls Uh, According to the Yahoo News, they've showed since uh, December of last year, really Ron DeSantis has been in the lead slightly, but it's been close neck and neck between the two as it's kind of gone back and forth. Because Donald Trump has not had his chance to ruffle the feathers and overturn the tables that really people like to enjoy from doing Donald Trump things. He hasn't been able to do that. He's gone to the rallies. He still gets good rallies. He still gets good poll numbers. But it wasn't the hoorah everybody talking about him. Now that this has happened, he's gone from the, uh, what was it? He went from the 45, 47% to 39 to 57, 31 on a square up head-to-head between Trump 
and DeSantis a massive jump in the polls. Why? Because Trump's now back in the media, and when he's in the media, people like what he's saying. And as people that are involved in politics, we have a short attention span, a short memory span. We are... Uh, that's why we like make fun of the Democrats and the donkeys, because they have kind of the memory of a goldfish. We're supposed to be the elephants that have a long-term memory, but we kind of forget some things at times. And now he's back out there, and aha! So here's the next question. How long can he hold that bump in the polls? And will he? I'm sure he's going to utilize that with the whole court case for as long as he can to continue to ride that, but that's going to get stale after a while. The only way he's going to maintain that is if they continue to attack him with something new, and find more nothing burgers that's going to do well and bode well for Donald Trump and the campaign. But with the surge, if it does stay or maintain like this, here's the next philosophical question for you. And it's not going to happen. It's a theoretical, and that's all it is, because we know that that's not going to be the case. But let's say this 10-candidate field gets narrowed down to two candidates or even one candidate. What if Ron DeSantis says, you know what, with the rally that's going on, and even though Trump and I have our own issues, I support him wholeheartedly. He needs to be president again because he is overturning the tables with the establishment, and we need to rally behind him with a unified party. Now, again, that's completely irrational because we don't have a unified Republican Party. We never have had a unified Republican Party, which is pro and con all at the same time. It has its benefits because we're supposed to challenge each other. At the same time, it would be nice to hold our own bickering amongst ourselves within the Republican ranks and keep it outside, keep it within ourselves, not on the outside. But we show unification on the outside. It would be nice at times, but we don't. And that's honestly okay as well because we get to challenge each other. That's what we don't walk lockstep with each other and just get our marching orders. We have independent, wicked, wild thinking that uh, some don't like. That's why Democrats struggle so much. They're impressed by us. They are jealous of us. Don't act like you're not impressed. We actually think for ourselves we don't get our marching orders from the DNC or the mainstream media. We don't get our talking points from people that are quote-unquote experts on the Tweety with a 130-character tweet. No, no, no. We think for ourselves, my friend. And when that happens, we see where the popularity goes right now. And right now it's leaning towards Trump. If we had showed a unified party, imagine what that would do to the Democrats and the message it would send them as they tried to remove him. Man, that would not turn out well for them in any way, shape, or form. All right, when we come back right around the corner, we have retired Command Sergeant Major Bart Womack with his latest book, Embedded Enemy. We'll talk about domestic terrorism here in the United States for the middle of the week. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. We are moving through a midweek celebration pretty quickly. Holy cow. A lot to talk about, a lot to get to as usual. We'll continue to get back to Donald Trump here momentarily as he made his response yesterday (laughs) using the mainstream media as he always loves to do, and it's entertaining to watch for sure. Welcome back into it. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit, though. As you know, there's been a lot of talk about the security of the nation, and while I usually focus on economic sides of the security and the lack thereof that we have with our ongoing fiscal crises, the debt ceiling that we have, the 
the expenditure of 100% of our GDP with the debt that we have in this nation because our government doesn't know how to stop spending because they're like a drunk, a bunch of drunken sailors, as apparently I am as we try to talk here. Uh, I mean, the, we need to start getting that stuff under control. That, to me, is one of the biggest threats that we have in this nation. But there's also a lot more to it as well, which is what we're going to get into here as we get into our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? As I'm really excited and happy to have on the program here, and this is a mouthful, so I'm going to try and say it the best I can. Retired Command Sergeant Major Mr. Bart Womack. He is author of the book Embedded Enemy, The Inside Threat. Bart, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Andy. How about yourself? I am living the dream. First, I appreciate you coming on the program. Thank you so much for your service and what you've done. As, man, you guys, it is wild to see. I love hearing all the stories. I love hearing everything that you guys have done, and it is truly a time, I think, now where we have more threats to the nation than ever before. Wouldn't you agree? I would totally agree with you. Yeah, it's sad. Talk about your book here, The Enemies That We Have. Obviously, we talk about China. We talk about Russia. We talk about Iran. We talk about uh, all these outside forces. But there's been many quotes from many great philosophers across uh, the time of history in the United States saying that, if we're going to fall as a nation, it's going to be from within. It's not going to be from an outside force. Would you also agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that uh, as well, Andy. And it is, it is happening repetitively, uh, whether it's in our schools, whether it's in organizations, whether it's inside our military, like happened uh, in this attack here, March 23rd, uh, 2003. Uh, obviously something that we were not expecting. We were expecting the brotherhood, the close-knit brotherhood to be attacked. Uh, but it was, and we don't go home with our fellow soldiers at night, so it just began to be one of those things that, um, again, was not expecting, and the trust level shifted, you know, dramatically uh, after that night. Um, we, you know, we deployed to Iraq, uh, I'm sorry, deployed to Kuwait, uh, and then on to Iraq to fight that war where we knew the enemy was going to be, and then uh, just a few days prior to crossing that border, uh, we um, were victims of an insider threat attack. Unbeknownst to us, of course, we thought it was insurgents that it was doing the attack. Because who else would it be in, in a land over there like that, right? Sure. Uh, they knew we were coming. They knew where we were. Uh, so it had to be them. Uh, but after um, three incendiary grenades and two people shot, uh, we learned that it was not the insurgents that we couldn't find that night. That it was an insider threat attack. Mm-hmm. It's said, and we're seeing more of those. Obviously, we had that one in 2003. We had the Fort Hood shooting in 2009 as well, down in Texas as well. Right. How are we? How are these things happening? How are we getting individuals inside of our ranks to sabotage us from within? Well, you know, society. All, all the, the only people that we can choose from to come in the military is, is from society. <clears throat> so, you know, some are just choosing to come in to cause disruption uh, for their own modus operandi. Uh, our background tracks are as good as they are. <clears throat> um, but we're beginning to learn that those need to be even more stringent. We need to watch social media on people um, and watch everything we possibly can before we let them into the military uh, because these things are increasing. You know, when there's one and then there's another one, and a few have been thwarted since that time, but the uh, the attempt is not going away. 
Yeah. yeah. Talk about the incident in 2003, because I don't think a whole lot of listeners may know that story. Obviously, Fort Hood in 2009 was was a big story that was in the media for a while, but I don't remember seeing a whole lot of media. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention at that time, but I don't remember a whole lot of media coverage from the incident in 2003. For those that don't know, what happened? Yes, and I'm glad you bring up the fact of, of not knowing. I appreciate that transparency, and I believe that the whole world as a whole did not know. Uh, so, March 23rd, 2003 is when this happened. And right after it happened, everything went to internet blogs. But the next day, it was um, on CBS Sunday morning show. Um, and after that, everything went to internet blogs. So keep in mind that right after that, the ground war started pretty much that, that same day of March 23rd. That's when the Jessica Lynch convoy was captured. All these things are happening with ground forces on the ground. Of course, there's there's several firefights going on all over the country, and the focus was on the war and not this. Uh, no one knew what to, no one knew what to call it in terms of the military. They didn't know what to call it at that time. An investigation, needed, full investigation, needed to take place. But that became the the reason to write the book. I learned when I came back that that no one knew, and I thought that the those that were uh, killed and wounded and the sacrifices that they made for their country uh, to be attacked from the inside. And no one knowing anything about this story was wrong. Uh, so I just took it upon myself to, to write the book. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I self-published because I just wanted the story told um, so that, again, their sacrifices would not you know, go in vain, if you will. Yeah. It is unfortunate. We're talking with uh, Command Sergeant Major Bart Womack, author of the book Embedded Enemy, The Inside Threat. Here's the question that, and I remember having these conversations during the time that we were over in Iran and over in Iraq and over in Kuwait during the uh, Trump, or during the uh, Bush administration and into the Obama administration. And you having been there, having this experience, maybe you have a better inside scoop on this answer. But the question that always came up is how do we fight and how do we defeat an enemy that is that is a pure idealistic enemy? I mean, obviously, especially over in the Middle East, there are uh, Muslims that are wonderful allies, that are wonderful individuals, and no one's trying to lump everybody into one category like the identity politics we see from the left side of the aisle, because that's not the case. But with this type of threat, and especially with them trying to infiltrate our own ranks and trying to sabotage how do we fight something that's an idea that people have been brainwashed with? Yeah, yeah, great points to uh, the fact of this, this idea, and, and that is the thing, that, that this jihadi ideology is, is very strong. I think that anyone can be influenced at any time to do anything. Anyone can be radicalized to do anything mm. uh, if you get them to believe in it, if you get them to believe about that, that ideology. You know, how do we counter it? Man, that's, that's for levels uh, much higher than mine. Um, I think we just have to know people. Um, when they come into an organization like the military, it becomes a little difficult after that. Well, to get them in, the process of uh, you know vetting them in the background checks is going to be as good as they are. Yeah. But do we become a organization uh, that, in a country, if you will, that when everyone enters into any type of organization, just continue to watch them? I don't know that we keep an eyeball on them in that manner, but I do think as a society, we just have to be aware of people in general. And I talk about this all the time because I speak on the subject of situational awareness security, something that was um, that I felt that I needed to do. You know, what was the lessons learned from this? Well, was that if this could happen inside the close-knit organization of the armed forces, that it could happen in any campus, community, or organization at any time and anywhere. 
uh, the insider threat is closer than you think. So if we are aware, then we come a little bit closer to it. I don't think people aren't professionals that, that are that are shooting the schools that are even doing this particular thing. Um, but we just have to be a little bit more aware. You know, what are the signs? We, and look for signs. Usually that gut will tell you something, and we have to believe our gut when it is talking to us. Sure. When you were talking to individuals over there and talking to civilians, and uh, I'm sure you guys have, you know, hearing the stories of working with a lot of civilians to pick out who the radicals are that were planning and plotting to attack you guys. Um, did you get the same sense from them that, uh, you know, it's uh, you could see people getting radicalized or you could see members of the community being like, oh, my gosh, these guys are nuts and I we need to get them the hell out of our community? Well, if you're talking about in Iraq in general, um, well, I would say that answer is, is no. Uh, people were vetted uh, when they did come to work on the installation, and they were vetted very well. Sure. Um, and, and of course, they were watched, uh, but there was no there was no incidents there, not even not even close. At least that first year when I was in Iraq. So um, I can't speak to anything happening like that. I, I know that as I came back from Iraq, some of these uh, um, attacks were happening you know, from the inside, from people that were serving in the Iraqi armed forces and the same thing was happening in Afghanistan. Uh, but, you know, I guess they had a it, people offering them money and we're going to kill your family. Well, not really offering them money, a little bit of money to get them out of, you know, some, some financial difficulty. But you know, when the threat is, I'm going to kill your family if you don't do it, yeah. you know, you can, you can flip someone to do something uh, on the, at the drop of a dime. That is very true, and that's a scary thought. We got to take a break in just about a minute here, but I got to ask uh, your thoughts on here in the country. I know that we had, at least we used to. Don't know if they still are, but we've had our eyes on numerous different terrorist sleeper cells here in the country. I come from Colorado originally, and I know that there was like eleven different sleeper cells of terrorist training camps in Colorado. Is that still the case? That's something that we're concerned about. I think it's always going to be something that we need to be concerned about. Um, if you're hearing about them, you need to report them. Obviously, if you know that they're taking place, you need to report them. But it's, it's always going to be happening. It's a matter of uh, uh, identifying them and you know watching them, eliminating them, and, and all those things. Um, but it's, it's just going to continue. Yeah. As the world evolves and all kinds of so now we're, we're helping Ukraine with that war. We're all the the world is always at war. So when you put your eye on something else, you got to watch your back door over here. Mm, I like that, and, and I think, think that's about a- it. If you, if you were if you were if you were a terrorist or anything like that, um, you'd be watching the landscape to do the same thing. It's just very strategic. Why they're watching this over here and talking about that over there? Guess what? They're not talking about and watching anymore. Amen to that. I love that. And that's where I want to continue when we come back from our break here, uh, because that's a fascinating point. It is uh, Command Sergeant Major Bart Womack, author of the book Embedded Enemy, The Inside Threat. When we come back, let's continue to focus on that point of being aware, because that's a lesson I don't think a lot have on their mind moving forward. We'll do that here on The Voice of Reason. Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Wright of his welcome back into the program. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today, as always, on a midweek celebration. By the way, programming note for you real fast. As you know, and I mentioned it last week, usually don't talk about a lot of personal stuff on the program. However, the passing of my grandfather happened last week. 
and been a little bit shaken up from that the last few, well, the last week or so, I guess. The funeral was today, so thoughts and prayers out to everybody in the great state of Ohio that went to that. Obviously, was not able to make that one. However, been in touch with a few family members, and it went well. So, But uh, be going into Easter weekend, I will be taking off tomorrow and Friday just for a couple of personal days just to recoup from everything, get ready to go for next weekend as well. So happy Easter to everyone. I will not be on the air live for the next two days as we'll be taking a few days off. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got to say about that. So happy Easter to everyone if we don't get a chance to say it beforehand. But uh, it's going to be a great holiday in the fact that now that is the sign, my friends, of the warmer weather and the springtime, and uh, we can actually get out and start doing some outdoor projects, which I am definitely looking forward to doing as well. we got a few minutes left hanging out here right now with Command uh, Command Sergeant Major Bart Womack. He's author of the book Embedded Enemy, The Threat Inside, as we talk about the terrorist threats around the world, the threats to the United States, and how they've been able to infiltrate into even our own ranks at times, which has been a scary thought. Now, uh, Bart, I know that you're retired, so i got to pick your brain on this one, but some of the latest issues, obviously, with the pulling out of Iran just uh, you know a year or so ago under the Biden administration and how we left a lot of our allies there we left a lot of our resources and equipment over there uh I don't know if you're able to or if you want to give your opinion on that on whether that could have been handled better but having been over to that region um your thoughts on what you think the response was from many of our allies that were there helping us out during those times yeah, I don't know if I can speak for them. Um, that that is a that is a very touchy one, um, and a lot of people share their sentiments about that. You know, is is there a better way? I guess in hindsight, there's always a better way, especially um, when there's when there's lives involved and, and there's loss of life. Yeah. Um, you know, when that loss of life happens, it all can be questioned. Um, you know, not sitting in those rooms of the plan and not being on the ground over there, why it's happening. I don't know what the advice was. You know, was it adhered to and all those things? I really don't think I'm in a position to, to, to speak to that one. We, we all sure. don't like, you know, what the outcome ended up being, uh, but we don't know necessarily. We know who the overall decision maker was, but what was the advice? Right. So that's a tough one. That is a tough one, for sure. You had mentioned going into the break, and as we kind of wrap things up for the last couple of minutes here, I really want to hone in on that, is being prepared. And we talk a lot about Second Amendment issues on the show, concealed carry, being able to defend yourself, protect yourself, and always having that guard up when you're in public of something potentially happening. Obviously, that goes well above and beyond for uh, individuals like yourself, uh, men and women that are in uniform that are always on guard, the nation as a whole having our guard up and being prepared because there's always an enemy wanting to do some harm in some way, shape, or form. Do you think that that message or that teaching or that mindset has kind of gone to the wayside and we've kind of gotten a little comfortable and a little bit loosey-goosey on that that's opening up opportunity for something else to happen again? Yeah, you got some great questions. I, I don't know that um, the Second, Man- Second Amendment can, can fix these things that are happening. If, if a school shooting takes place, then where was those 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 people who? I mean, everyone has the right. Don't get me wrong, but no, there's no one there preventing that. So that's the part I'm not necessarily in favor of. I think education will always be always be key. Uh, so you can call in those people that can help. You know, so when I talked about me speaking on the subject, the situation I'm wearing a security. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of organizations and schools are kind of scared of that. Yeah. Uh, now, now as a nation, I'm there to talk about it. 
As, as kind of a nation, though, I mean, as uh, looking at threats of maybe Russia or looking at Iran or looking at terrorist oh, threats yeah. around the nation, do you think that as a nation maybe we've kind of forgotten those issues with our inner bickerings politically to where we've kind of let our guard down on some issues? No, I, I don't think so. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm confident that, that our leadership that are, is in charge of the areas of intelligence, uh, and security and all those things are keeping an eye out. I, I don't. I don't see where we are um, playing catch up in some of those instances, if you will. I, I think they have their finger on the pulse. It's a matter of what they do with it um, when they know something that's going on. But I, I think that they're doing all the right things. Good. That makes me feel better. I feel. I feel more confident because we don't hear a lot about it in the mainstream media, and we don't hear about what's going on because nowadays, at least in politics and the media, we don't hear about ongoing threats from the outside. We hear about all the evil Nazi Donald Trump supporters and stuff that's going on in the bickering yeah. among ourselves. And it's unfortunate. We're out of time, my friend. I, I hate to get you out. We could talk right. forever. I love it. It's Command Sergeant Major Bart Womack, Embedded Enemy, uh, in the Inside Threat. Go check out the book. Bart, thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much for coming on the show. we got to do this again soon. All right. Thanks, thanks for having me. Hey, absolute pleasure and happy Easter to you, my friend. Until then, everybody, have a happy Easter. We're back at it here in a few days. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.